Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast is a powerful American pop culture podcast. And now, somewhere east of the Mississippi, powerful hosts of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, we're happy to welcome to the barn, Sean, or is it pronounced Scene? I don't speak. It, it is Sean. Okay, it's not seen. No, it, it is it. It is not seen, though, sir. Uh, it is Sean, and it's uh, a pleasure to be here with you guys today. Powerful. So I wanted to talk to you. You are a powerful podcaster from Pittsburgh, and all I know about Pittsburgh is it's overrun with penguins. Tell the fans of Flock of Amish what's up with Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, P- Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I don't want to be the tourism board here, but it is an up and coming city. Once again, um, you know, uh, we've become a very hipstery place, uh, compared to what we used to be. Uh, you know, Google has moved in a, a number of tech companies have, uh, have put down roots here in Pittsburgh. And, uh, we've, uh, gone from being a very steel smoky city from when I was a kid to now it's a very eco-friendly, um, that let's turn these old buildings into something beautiful type of city, which has uh, been a very unique uh, transformation to say the least. Now, where does, where does penguins come from? Why are they named after the penguins? Well, I, I the, 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 the penguin hockey franchise, the Pittsburgh penguins. Um, I no, that was the, I think it was just like, let's do something that sounds kind of wintry. And plus at the time they were playing, in the Civic Arena, uh, the Pittsburgh Civic Arena, which looked like an igloo, it was nicknamed the igloo. So they, uh, I think that was part of part and parcel of why they they chose something of an, an Arctic variety as far as uh, the waterfowl go. You know, Mike Ditka named our uh, powerful <laughs> Metrodome the Roller Dome because it looked like a roller skating rink. thought the uh the metrodome was an interesting place because it looked like it was inflated it, it like, literally like was inflated like, and it collapsed once yeah, in a it, it, powerful snowstorm i i seem to recall that yeah it always looked like it was like like any time could actually like lift off because the 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 dome itself was actually inflated up i did you ever see a game there oh yes and and when you went in the door, is the the wind would just blow you because it was literally inflated. Oh wow! Because you know, being here in Pittsburgh, we we don't have domes. Um, I mean, you know, hockey's played indoors, so you have like a, an arena type situation. But you know, for years it was Three River Stadium, which looked like a giant ashtray, and now we have Heinz Field and PNC Park. But we've never had 
a dome. The like even the Steelers practiced outdoors for years upon years upon years before they they built an indoor facility. So it's kind of a a weird thing. Like I can't imagine watching football in a dome or or baseball in a dome because I've never done it in my life. Yeah, it's uh, it, a lot of times the dudes that lose uh, lose the baseball up in the lights. So it's kind of it's kind of oh, weird. Wow. Yeah. So I want to know about your powerful podcast. Tell the fans of Flock of Amish about the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. Uh, it, it would be my pleasure. We we are the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. We are um, a pop culture geek slash nerd culture slash weird news slash sports slash really anything we really want to talk about. Slash Guns and Roses. Slash Guns and Roses. Slash whatever his solo band was. Uh, you know, we, we do it all. Slash Cordell Stewart. You know, there you go. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, pretty much, hey, we talk about our day. We'll talk about chili cheese dogs. We, we, we talk about whatever just kind of springs to our mind or what's going on out there in the world. Now, what? How did you get into podcasting? I'm curious. I want to know about day one. Did you think about it for a while? Did you all of a sudden jump in? I want to know the origin of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I, well, I, I think the, the origin goes back to when I was a kid, and I wanted to be a DJ. Like you know, I, when I would, my mom would drive me to school. We'd listen to the morning DJ, and I thought. I can be as funny as these guys. And then, you know, along comes Howard Stern later in my life. I find, I find out about him and I'm like, he gets paid to do what I would love to do. So I thought to myself, this this is clearly my career choice. And then I delved deeper into it and realized, you know, you have to like go to Sheboygan and, you know, do country music or whatever. You know, they're not going to let you just go on the air and, and be funny and tell jokes and, talk about whatever it is you want to talk about you you know most places you you have to follow a program and that kind of killed that dream until years later when um kevin smith started doing his podcast and you know kevin smith has always been that guy who's like you know just follow your dream do it you know what's stopping you and i thought to myself well podcasting seems the perfect thing and i took my time and did my research and tried to figure out how I want to do this and you know I wanted to do something similar to Smodcast where it was like a conversation between me and somebody close to me and my my cousin Ian who's my co-host seemed like the perfect choice and I brought it to his you know talked to him about it and you know we kind of fiddled around with it for a little bit we did a few test runs and finally we were just like we just need to do it we just need to hit record and put it out there in the world and we finally did it and We've been doing it for just over six years now, and we wow. don't regret a minute of it. You probably started uh, right around the same time as the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine podcast, started in 2013. Yeah, I think we started. We, I, I do believe we started around the same time, and like we've been kind of, you and I have been in the same orbit around each other for quite some time. So this this flirtation has finally come to this point where we're we're now finally coming together in a uh greek-like orgy if you will of, of pop culture madness i would you gotta admit we have powerful gravity we we do yes yeah it's uh it's black holish if you will it is now what 
what what is your go-to <laughs> subject? I know your pop culture from A to Z, but uh, week after week, what is your go-to subject? What do you guys usually fall back on or fall into? I mean, it, 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 at this point, it, it always seems like when worse comes to worse, I can bitch about how bad DC Comics movies are compared to Marvel Comics movies. And that seems to always get some, you know, some traction. We can go off on a tangent conversation about that. Oh, I want to actually, <laughs> let's get into that. Uh, okay. How do the kids uh, hear you? Do some uh, shameful oh. plugs. Oh, I'm horrible at shamefully plugging you, but uh, you can find us. We're, we're pretty easy to find. We're on most uh, podcatchers. We're on, you know, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spreaker. Um, like you said, mo- most most places where you can find find podcasts, you can find us. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find, and we're like the only ones. If even if you Google us, we we own that Google search. It's there's nothing else you're gonna get but us. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd again. Very easy to find. Powerful, powerful. Now let's get into. You wanted to talk about DC movies, comics <laughs> versus Marvel. Now I always wanted to talk about why. Why are the anime animated movies so good, and then the movies suck? What are your thoughts on that? I think the reason the animated movies have been so good for so long is because they've had the same team working on them for quite some time, going all the way back to Batman the animated series. Like it, the um, oh, not not Paul Dini, the other the other guy. I can't think of his name, and it's a shame because it should be right at the tip of my tongue. Um, but the the they've always had like the, the same kind of crew working on those behind the scenes, as far as the, the producers and stuff like that. And even like um, the voice casting, everything else has all kind of been the same for 30 years almost and, and or 25 years. And it's, uh, I think that's part of what keeps like the animated stuff that they do looking good and, and done well because they have that, that same group, Bruce Tim, that's the guy who I was trying to think of. Bruce Tim has been like the the guiding force behind DC animation for years. Now, do you remember the voice actor for Batman? His name? Um, now, is he? What I'm asking is, is he the same dude from the movie Thinner? Because if I have to no, remember, I never I remember names, but the dude's voice, the actor in Thinner. Did Kevin, you see that? No, uh, Kevin Conroy was the guy who did Batman's voice. Yeah, and he was in Thinner, right? I'm, you know, I'm going to check that right now because you I go don't ahead. No, it's powerful. I just, I just got a vision. I just, I ate a bunch of macaroni <laughs> and cheese, and and I started getting sleepy, and I had visions, and one of them was the dude from Batman was <laughs> the guy from Thinner. You know, that's that's a cool movie. What's that? Are you looking it up? I'm looking it up right now, yeah. Um, Powerful. We need look-up music. I'll do some music. How <laughs> does it feel to podcast from Pittsburgh? Powerful new order. <laughs> Did you find it? New order there. You can't like it? No, I, I'm not finding it. I need a I new Google boy. You're useless. I don't, I don't, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm not seeing it because I don't think he was in that movie. 
Like I'm, I'm going, I've gone all the way back to like the, the, the early nineties here and I'm not finding center. So what I ifs? do not believe he was in that film. What ifs? What is your favorite animated DC film? Oh, wow. Um, I've got I've got to say uh, probably uh, the Dark Knight Returns parts one and two. I, I view that as one full movie, so to speak. And it was you know it did such a good job of taking that source material and 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 really running with it. I thought they did such a fantastic job, even even going so far as to like make the a lot of the artwork look like what Frank Miller did in that comic book. I, I thought that was just really well done. Now, did I say animated film or or regular? You did say animated film, yes. Okay. If, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go regular, I'm going to be the odd guy, and I'm actually gonna say Man of Steel. Powerful. Like, like, like if you're talking about like that, the DC cinematic universe. Now, my problem is with movies. You know, the animated films they just take the comic book characters their costumes and just animate them. And it's pretty much as close as you can get to the book as you can. But I talked about this last week and I always talk about it. They have to change everything for the movie to make it more believable. You know, they'll change a costume instead of primary colors. They'll make it some leather thing. And I can't stand that. Just make it exactly like the comic book and see what happens. I, I agree. Like I, 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 I think the hardest job is to take a lot of times the costumes that you see on the printed page and, and turn that into something in reality. Um, you know, I, I think like if you look at like the X-Men in the early, you know, the early 2000s there with the, the black leather and everything that they did. It, I mean, it would have been hard to like see those guys all running around in, in blue and gold spandex. I, you know, and it's the same thing like with Batman. Like, I was never a fan of the the '90s suits because you could tell it was just like one giant piece, and the guy couldn't move properly in it. I, I like I always liked how Nolan kind of addressed that, especially in the the Dark Knight. With even though it looked a little bit goofy, going with more of the helmet for the cow, so he could move his head around and everything. Like, I I, I think a lot of times those suits just. As much as I love the design on the page, it's so hard to take that design from the page and put it to the screen and make it look right. Is you know, sometimes they do a good job with it. I mean, I never think they should mess with Superman's suit. Uh, you know, that that just works. I think Spider-Man's suit is the same thing. Why why are you messing with that? I'm I'm a powerful traditionalist, and I like Superman primary colors flying through the blue sky. Mm-hmm. Truth, justice, and the American way. When they when they have to go dark, and they, I mean, that's make a new character. That's I don't also like. I hate when they have to take, they make a character and they change them, the gender, the hair, this and that. Just make a new character, and then someone will say, "Well, but that it's in the comics." Yeah, but I just I want make a new character. That's that's my I'm done. That's my three cents. No, I. I agree with you. Like I, 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 you know, especially in the comic books, like, you know, we, we hear, hear so much about like, you know, them tweaking a character or making a change to a character. Um, it's, it, you know, especially amongst the big two Marvel and DC, but I, the problem becomes with 
those two companies, if you, if I as a writer create a new character, I don't own that character. Marvel or DC does, and they don't pay me residuals like they should, um, which becomes ha- half the problem. Why you don't see that many new characters being created, or they, the company's making a decision to to take an existing character and change them that way. So I, I think. You know, with the rise of indie comics, I think you, that's where you see some of those guys going and creating new characters and stuff like that. But amongst the big two, it's hard to do but just because as a writer, I'm not going to get what I'm due for creating that character. Are you still reading comic books? I am not, no. Like, okay. I, 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 went through, I went through a phase where I was for, for a while there. I, I had like a $50 a week habit that, um, you know, I had to go to, go to meetings for. What kind of meeting? But um, CA, Comic Books Anonymous, you know. What were you dressed as? Um, I, I, I was dressed as the, uh, the comic book guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> Powerful. Thank you. I, I do still read some stuff um, occasionally just because I, I enjoy the medium uh, or like a specific writer. Like right now I'm in the middle of reading a, a series called Saga. It's um, it's written by Brian K. Vaughn, who also wrote uh, Why the Last Man Standing, and it's it's a very different series. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's a science fiction series with a a very interesting twist to it, and I I, I like Brian K. Vaughn as a writer, so I kind of picked up on that, and I'll pick them up as uh, the trade paperbacks. But like my days of going to the comic book store like every Wednesday on new comic book day to pick up, uh, you know, a pull list or something is, is long dead. Unfortunately. Do you still have all your comics? No, I don't. Wow. Most people hold on to them. Like I never, like when I was a kid, I wasn't a huge comic book collector. Like I'd have some here or there. Um, but I, you know, it wasn't like a huge collection, and unfortunately, you know, those got destroyed just by dogs and cats and floods and everything else. You can and actually reading them. And actually reading them, yes, not not buying it and immediately putting it into a sleeve. You know, so like I, I never, unfortunately, those books like from the '80s that I had, I, I never kept. And like later on, when I when I started buying them again, other than a select few. Like I just to make room, it was like one of those things where I like I just kind of gave them all to my cousin and his kids and let them read them. And when they were done, I told them to just give them the goodwill. Powerful. Now, as far as comic books, who's your go-to character or group? I have always been a Hal Jordan Green Lantern fan. Wow, going all, all the way back to my younger days. Yeah, I, I, I the the Man Without Fear. Um, you know, how Jordan was always kind of a go-to guy for me. Um, and I was so happy when they kind of brought him back from the dead uh, a, a few years ago. And that, that was kind of what got me back into buying comic books. It was like, Hal Jordan's back. Well, let me check this out, you know. And uh, that kind of got me into my, my habit that I had to go to CA for. <laughs> What's the best movie comic book adaptation, do you feel? Dark Knight. Yeah, I I I I, I know that's a cliched answer. Um, I, I also feel Superman two 
despite its age, I know it doesn't hold up as well as I'd like it to. I, I still think like, you know, Christopher Reeve Superman, and especially in that movie, it's uh, it's very underrated. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. It kind of looks hokey with the special effects they had back then. I wonder if you could yeah, redo that a, a and still bit, capture. Yeah. I, I, I I would love to see them. Do- I I know a few years ago they they released a the Richard Donner cut of that movie because he was fired and they had to redo a lot of the stuff. And um, it was kind of interesting to see because it still had Brando in it. And uh, when they fired Richard Donner, Brando wouldn't let them use his likeness. That's why they, they used his mother in the second movie. But uh, when they redid the, the, the Donner cut, they, the Brando's uh, foundation allowed them to use his likeness for that which was interesting to see and a little, little tweaks here and there, but like and they even tried to update the, the special effects a little bit, but you know, there's only so much you can do with updating that without making it look like the, uh, the special editions of star Wars. Oh my God. It's amazing <laughs> how the, the dude that made all that ruined it all. It, it he, George Lucas is a very interesting person to me in, in the fact that he he himself has said he never feels the movies will ever be complete. Like it's and he it's his right as an artist to go back and make changes to him as he sees fit. And I, I, I when I heard him say that, I was like, wow, that that's a bold statement, my friend. You know, because you you created these classic movies, and I don't see you going back to do anything to THX eleven thirty eight. So what did you think about the when they redid the Star Wars when George Lucas wasn't involved? Well, I mean, uh, so when they when they brought in when they said they were going to make more Star Wars movies, I, I that was a surprise to me. Like it, it was a pre- pleasant surprise. Like I, I'm I'm happy that they've done that. I have I liked The Force Awakens a lot. I thought J.J. Abrams did a really good job of bringing that franchise kind of back and making it feel like star wars again and you know the 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 last jedi i think is an amazing movie i i i absolutely love that i know there's a lot of people out there who are going to spew hate at me for saying that but i think it's an amazing movie i i I really like what ryan johnson did with that and when you look at like the the standalone movies i think rogue one is a fantastic film it's a great spy slash war movie is the what the movie you didn't think you wanted to see that you really needed to see is it's it, they did a fantastic job with that and, and solo is good too like it it wasn't that bad i i enjoyed it i had fun with it i've, I've watched it re, you know repeat it on repeat viewings and still enjoyed the heck out of it and uh, i i i really like the direction that they've gone and it kind of bums me out that you know, the internet has kind of forced Lucasfilm to rethink what they're doing. Cause I thought they were going in the right direction myself. I, I, of the four movies they released, I enjoyed all four of them. Now, what do you think is a sci-fi movie that someone might not have seen that you enjoy? Maybe, a one that didn't uh, do so well or someone, maybe something from back in the day. There are two movies I'll I'll bring to people's attention that if you have not seen them, I would absolutely positively highly recommend them. And the first one is Dark City. Um, it, it's got uh, 
it's a it's the, the big star in it is Keith or Sutherland, but he's not the main character. Um, and it's directed by Alex uh, Prius, who's the same guy who directed The Crow. And it is a movie that is it's 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 one of those movies that you have to absolutely pay attention to. You just put down your phone for two hours and give this movie your full attention because it is well worth the attention. It, it, it's a very interesting sci-fi film that you know I, I absolutely enjoyed and would highly recommend to anybody who's looking for a different feel of a sci-fi movie. I I have to agree. I have to agree on that. I'm going to chime in. That was a really, uh, I didn't hear much about it. I saw it in the movie theater and I loved it. I liked it. You know, it wasn't, it was, would you, what would you say? It was kind of an urban noir kind of a, it was a cool vibe to it. Now I wanted to, it it had a bit, it had a bit of a Blade Runner vibe to it. I thought at first, Yeah. that kind of goes away quickly. Yes. And it's a very interesting film and everything that it brings to the table. And, like you just don't see the ending coming or, or even anything about that movie coming. It was like so well done. It, it, it's one of those movies that like you wish did better. So more movies like that would be made. I do want to get into uh, when you said Blade Runner and then I'm, I'm, I'm getting Dune vibes too. So let's hear about, did you, you said you had one more film you wanted to talk about? Yeah. The other film kind of real quick is a film called the 13th floor. And, um, this is a movie. It's uh, I I couldn't tell you who's in the cast off the top of my head. It's been a few years since I've watched it, but um, it's one of those movies if you can find it that uh, it's it's a virtual reality movie and you know it deals with virtual reality and artificial intelligence and it does it in a really smart and intelligent way that I really really liked and it was like one of those movies that kind of like it hit theaters and it disappeared. I just happened to catch it while I was in theaters and was so glad I did because it was like really, really well done. And I was like really surprised by how good it was. So in a nutshell, what was that movie about? If you don't want to be a spoiler alert, just uh, tell the fans of Flock of Amish in a nutshell what it's about. I, I, in, in, in general, it's about um, the, the scientist and, and his assistant and they're, they're developing a, a virtual reality with an artificial intelligence. Um, and when they go into it, it's like being in like, a, a like Phoenix in the 1940s or something. And of course things go awry because of the artificial intelligence and, you know, all sorts of chaos ensues. So I don't, I don't want to delve into it too much, but it's like, a, it's this like very interesting take on, on artificial intelligence in a virtual reality type of simulation. Now the... The fandom just recently lost Rutger Howard. Now, what, oh. are, what are your thoughts on his films? I, we, we alluded to Blade Runner. Yeah, well, I mean, Blade, Blade Runner is, for me, and I mean, this is my opinion, it, it's the greatest movie ever made. It's my all-time favorite film. Um, so, like, right off the bat, like, that was, you know, his portrayal of, of Roy Batty, the, the, the replicant, and Everything he did in that movie, he, he, like that's the first time I saw Rudger Hauer was in that movie, and I was like captivated by his performance. And my dad, who got me to watch Blade Runner because Harrison Ford was in it, he's like, it, "It's got Han Solo in it. Watch it." And at the end of it, I was like, "Who's the other guy?" And that's when he showed me Nighthawks, 
which is a Sylvester Stallone movie, but Rudger Hauer plays the villain in that. And, you know, so like right off the bat, there's two movies. I'm like, this guy is amazing. And then I see Lady Hawk and Lady Hawk is an amazing movie. And then I see the Hitcher and the Hitcher is an amazing movie and flesh and blood. And I was like, this guy does amazing stuff. And then he kind of disappeared in the nineties into um, like uh direct to video land. But like, I'd, I, if it was something that had Rudger Hauer in it, I would watch it because I thought he was that good of an actor. Yeah. He is the ultimate villain. Ultimate. Because he had so much dimension to him. Right. But he could play a great hero, too. Like, in in Lady Hawk, well, like, technically he's not the main character. He's the most interesting character. Because you're right, of how much dimension he brings to a a character when he's acting. He's a guy that any little thing he did, I I would watch just because, I mean, Hobo with a shotgun. I mean, that, that sounds like an insane premise, and it is, but he makes it work. Did you see the Osterman weekend? I did, yes. And I mean, again, like you're, you're talking about, like I mean, he's just so good. It's like damn near anything. It's awesome. I like I said, he, there's so much depth to him too. You know, it's he's not cartoonish, like you said. He can pull off the hero. He can do the. You know, sometimes he's not even a villain. It's just like he's almost misunderstood. Like the anti-hero. Like, yes, he exactly. The even even before it was cool. Yeah, even like in the Hitcher, you know, yeah, it's it's just yeah, he brings that quality. It's powerful. Now, as far as Dune, what are your thoughts on Dune? About the the remake by Dennis Villeneuve. Negative, Ghost Rider. It's all about the eighties. We're trapped in the eighties here. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're going we're going the the original version of, of of Dune. There is only one. Okay. Well, I'll I'll put it to you this way. Dune is a very important book in my family's circle. So when that movie came out in 84, my dad took me to go see it with my uncle, my aunt, my grandfather. It was a family affair. We, we all went to go see Dune together. And when I walked out of that movie, having never read the book yet, I was like, what in the hell did I just watch? I, you know, it, it, it blew my mind because I had no idea what I was seeing and I didn't understand it at the time. You know, later on, I went and I read the book and I gained a better appreciation for it. And I, you know, upon repeat viewings, I've enjoyed it. And I, even like the extended version, the three and a half hour version that's out there, which I have a copy of, it's, I, 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 I it's an underappreciated masterpiece because of, what they did as far as like making like you know with the special effects and the worms and everything else i i i'm i'm hoping i i know you know they're they're doing the remake and i know you're saying there's only one but i i'm hoping that this brings a really great version of that book and that story to to the screen that we can all appreciate cuz i think that's a franchise that can be done very well I just love the campiness of it. I like, you know, the over the top. I love Sting. Sting was awesome in it, wasn't he? Oh, Sting was. I mean, that that was like one of those moments where you're like, okay, who is this guy? Like, that's Sting? That's the guy from the police? Oh, okay. Exactly. I mean, there's so many cool characters, the costume. You know, it might have been campy for the purists, 
I didn't read the book because it involved reading, but I, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was cool. I liked, like you said, it was just, it was, uh, you know, it was art deco, but it was steampunk before. I don't even know if there was steampunk back then. Right. It, yeah, it was, it was cool. I, I, like I said, I, you know, usually you see like Star Wars and it's good guys and bad guys, but this was, you know, the, all the different families, the houses, you know, everyone loves Game of Thrones. It, it had so much going on in it. I loved it. And like I said, all the over the top characters and the acting and epic. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, the, the, like the whole thing, like with, and, I, and the thing is like, it, it, it does get like so in depth with the book. Um, and you get the better understanding of like the, the Benny Jesuit and everything that goes into that. And like, you know, what, what Paul's teaching the, the, the freedom fighters to do and everything. I, it, it's, it's so well, like it, it's, a, it's such a rich, like you, a like game of Thrones ish type of book that it's hard to do in a two hour movie. Like you, you know, it, yeah. that that's the problem with it. Like from a story standpoint, you're right. Like visually that movie is amazing. That that uh they did back in the eighties and it's like you you can't believe like when you look at it like you're right like the steampunk aspects of it and the Art Deco look of the the palaces and everything that goes into that but like from a story standpoint it's hard to do in, in two hours and um you know it, that's why they, like there's like the three and a half hour version that like, kind of has to explain everything is going on all the multi-layers that are taking place that are setting in motion the, the fall of house of trades and it, I, it's a great story and I'm, I'm hoping to see it done well at some point yeah i i hope they don't i hope they can cap i don't know how you do it but capture that i like the campiness of it i liked the colors the everything about it like sometimes when they try to make it too i didn't read the book but when they, that's, I, I don't know. It's one of those things that I saw it not knowing the original source material and I, right. I just loved it. Who's your favorite character from it? Um, you know, I, I always liked the Baron, like the floating fat yes. man. Kind of, like that, that was yes. such a, an oddball character and he was kind of gross looking a little bit. And you were like, you know, what is <laughs> yeah, this? he was gross. Yeah, what is this dude's deal? You know, and then, but and then those you know, weird plugs, Sting. and he's rubbing the guy against him, and ugh. Yeah, and you know, and, and you had Sting, like this shirtless, like just cod piece wearing Sting, like right next to him, like all buff and sweaty, and you're just like, what a juxtaposition. You know who I loved was the Beast Raban. Oh my! Okay, wasn't he powerful? He was. You know who that dude? You know who that dude was? Did you ever see uh, Midnight Express? Once a very long time ago, and that was uh, enough. <laughs> yeah, he's the Turkish prison guard. Okay, okay. I, I can see that. Yeah, so you yeah. should go back and look just to see. Maybe I'll uh, put it on the powerful Twitters. Okay. You guys are following us, right? At oh, Amish Bee Machine. Powerful I, I, flock of Amish I'm, fans. I am right there. You know, uh, yes. I, have you, I have an alert come up anytime you do tweet, and um, yes. I try to retweet you right away. Yes. And this is a shameful plug. This is a shameful plug right now. I'm doing So make sure you guys follow us at Amish Bee Machine on Twitter. Make sure you like our Facebook page. 
All our powerful podcasts get uploaded to YouTube automatically. Like us on Facebook. Also, we do have a Patreon page. Great way to help support this show. Also, powerful merch. I got great merch. I got t-shirts, mugs, tank tops, all inspired by the power of the most powerful podcast ever created. All right, my plug is over. Back to you, Sean. Well, I just wanted to say, like, I, I try to retweet you just so I could glom on to your power. It is powerful, isn't it? It's intoxicating. It, 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 it's the, the, the Amish bee machine bump. Anything else you want to plug? Um, I, 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 other than, than my fine show, which I hope um, the, your, your flock will, will come to and, and check us out, uh, I have nothing, man. Uh, you know. No, I'm here for you. I'm here for the podcasters. I, I, I love the podcast that. community. I love the fans, the flock of Amish. I love interviewing people. And I want to thank you for coming on this powerful podcast. Did you have a good time? I did, yes. This has been phenomenal. You, you, know, you, you have done a lovely job of uh, making me feel uh, welcome in your, your home. And uh, I can't thank you enough for that, uh, allowing me to come in and, uh, and chit-chat with you. It, 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 it warms my cockles. I don't know what those are, but what is a cockle? I have no idea. Like something from like, like you know, Dickens era. Like, you know, you, you warm the cockles of my heart. What the hell is that? Mm. Yeah. Similar to chestnuts or not? I, I'm assuming so, but, you know. I, without doing the proper research, I don't want to say either way. All right. Well, thank <laughs> you for coming into the barn. I want to thank everyone that listens to this powerful podcast. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Podcast. Thank, thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.